Let's pray. Father, we just thank you that we can gather together as your people, as your family this morning and, and just so enjoy your presence. And Lord, we just pray that this morning you would just breathe on your word. You would write it on the fleshy tables of our hearts and challenge us to live it out in our lives. And we just ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Uh, thinking about uh, Massey, Kerry, I, I became a Christian uh, 50 years ago. And the first thing I did when I got saved is I, I just wanted to make a difference for Jesus. And so we did whatever we needed to do to make things happen. I was part of the Christian Union at Massey University at that stage. And so we'd have to set up every week and I was part of the setup team and and they needed a drummer, and I wasn't much good at drums, but that's what I did, and got involved, and uh, uh, we just got in and helped. Um, when Penny and I got married, had kids, uh, Penny uh, got on the roster for helping out at kids' church, and back in the, the church that we were a part of, you had to. If you had kids in kids' church, then you had to be part of the roster. Well, 40-something years later, she's still on the roster, and still serving there, um, and that's her passion. Uh, serving is our privilege is one of the core values here at Church Unlimited. So this morning, uh, as you might have gathered over the last um, few months, we've been working through our core values. And uh, this morning, I'm going to talk about the whys and the hows of Christian ministry, which we call service. And so first of all, uh, the whole area, why we serve, why we serve. And as I thought of this, I, I th- I thought back to some theologians in 1647 who were the greatest Protestant uh, theologians of their day uh, from the Anglican and the Presbyterian churches in the UK. They wrote a book of common theology, which they called, anyone know? Westminster Catechism. Very good. The Westminster Catechism. And their objective was to teach all of the new believers in their denominations, the basics of their faith. And the catechism was made up of 196 questions about God and church life. And the first and the most important question that everyone had to know, in other words, uh, the people who wanted to be part of the church, they, they had to answer all these questions. And the very first question that was asked them was this, what is the chief and highest end of man? Now, that's 16th century language. In other words, they were asking, why do we exist? Uh, What is our purpose in life? And the answer that people had to give was, man's chief and highest end is to glorify God and to fully enjoy Him forever. Man, didn't they get that one right? I reckon if, um, if you didn't know anything else this morning, the reason why you're here, the purpose that God has for our lives here is to glorify God and fully enjoy Him forever. And we glorify God through our relationship with Him and how we live and relate to others. Um, Augustine 
said at the end of the fourth century, Thou hast made us for thyself, and our souls find no rest until they find it in thee. J.B. Phillips, the translator of the Phillips Bible, said, There is a God-shaped vacuum in each one of us, and only he can fill it. That's a pretty good picture, isn't it? When we don't know God, something is missing in our lives. And we feel it. And nothing that we try and do can fill that space that God has created just for himself in our lives. But also, even when we know God, there's still something missing until we start serving him and using the talents that he has given us to love others and build his kingdom. Uh, When asked in Matthew 22 what the greatest commandment was, Jesus said that all of the commandments of God, all, in fact, he said all of the law and all the prophets uh, could be summarized by just two commandments. He said, love God with everything you've got, and secondly, love others like yourself. And when you love God with everything that you are, you can't help but love others. And in fact, the fruit of our love for God is our love and our serving Him by ministering to others. God said to Abraham, I'll bless you and all the world will be blessed through you. Being blessed and then blessing others is part of our godly inheritance. Uh, Some people never find a fulfilled life because they never figure out how to pass on what they've received and to bless others. The Apostle Paul tells us that not only are we God's creation, but we have been created and prepared for good works and acts of service. Ephesians 2.10 says, We are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. In the Living Bible translation of that verse, it says, For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us a new in Christ Jesus, so that we can do the good things He has planned for us long ago. And this isn't onerous. This isn't hard because we have been made for service. Uh, we get blessed as we serve and we find fulfillment as we bless others. Uh, some of you have um, been to Israel and you'll know that the Sea of Galilee is a thriving, clean, beautiful, beautiful lake. I think, uh, Kerry, you've been there. Um, It's interesting that the Sea of Galilee and the Dead Sea both have the same original water source. But the Dead, which is the River Jordan, okay? Uh, But the Dead Sea, what's the difference between Galilee and the Dead Sea? Kerry, big voice. That's exactly it. The Dead Sea's got no outlet. So the fresh water just comes in and it just accumulates and the minerals um, build up year after year up to, after year, gets uh, more and more saline. And so nothing, nothing lives in that place. We have been created to have an outlet. We have been created to receive God's blessing and to be conduits of God's blessing. When we surrender everything to God, 
He will use us to show others his love. Romans 12 verse 1 says in the message translation, I love this one. It says, so here's what I want you to do. God helping you, take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work and walking around life and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Isn't that a great translation? When lots of people come here, not, not you guys, of course, but lots of other people who aren't here this morning come here and they say, we're looking for a church that meets my needs and blesses me. And uh, Russell, we would have heard that lots and lots and lots of times. Perhaps they should be saying, hey, I'm looking for a place to serve and be a blessing. Because that's where we want to get to, okay? And that's because Jesus said our attitude should be the same as his, and we want to grow to be more like him. Matthew 20, 28 says, The Son of Man didn't come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. So God made us to make a difference. We've been created, saved, gifted, commanded, shaped to serve God and to grow his kingdom and to bless his creation. And when we do, we get a sense of purpose inside and we get blessed knowing that we're fulfilling God's plan for our life and helping his kingdom to grow. And you are here this morning to be blessed, but also to be a blessing. This is a great church and God is doing some amazing things amongst us and through us at this time in this season. And I get excited every week coming to church. I get excited to see and to hear what God is doing in us and through us. One of our ladies prayed for a guy uh, the other week um, who was in pain. She said to him before she prayed, uh, what level of pain have you got in your body? And he said, level seven out of 10. And then she prayed for him. And after she prayed, she asked him, what level of pain have you got in your body now? He said, level one. Two weeks later, that guy gave his heart to the Lord. You know, God is just multiplying his blessing through us in lots and lots and lots of different ways. But not only are you wanted here but you are needed for such a time as this because it's going to take all of us here to fulfill the plans and the purposes that God has for us. Why don't you turn to the person next to you and say you're needed in this place. Just out of interest, we have about 180 people on our service rosters uh, for a month. And just as well, because if you think Russell and I look ragged sometimes, imagine what it would be like without that 180. It, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't happen. There'd be no sound. There'd be no one on the, the projector. The building wouldn't be cleaned. Um, why don't you just turn around and have a look at that 
three quarters constructed sound desk. That's um, that's Kelly and Colin's job this week. They've been building us a new sound desk. Absolutely amazing, and hopefully by uh, next week you'll see it'll be um, it'll all be stained and all nice and everything else in the King's Kids room. Uh, we've got a new ceiling in there because generous people have given. On Tuesday or Wednesday, we've got new carpet going on in the King's Kids room because of generous people. Uh, we've got a baptismal font because someone gave us the money for that. Uh, this is the body working, serving together. Um, so how do we serve? Well, God's placed us in his family, the church, and so that's always the best place to start uh, for service. Our primary area of service will be where we are gifted. Okay? Our secondary area is always service where needed. Okay? So the primary area will always be where you're gifted. The secondary area will be where needed. So, for instance, we always need ushers and greeters and people to help serve morning tea, uh, people to help in kids' church. Most anyone can serve in these areas. But to lead in kids' church or lead a life group ministry or visitation, you need to be gifted in these areas. Uh, I always remember the first time I visited uh, John and Betty Briley. Give us a wave, Betty. How old are you now? 93 years old. That's pretty good. She's just a, a young chick compared to Colin, who is 97 and still going strong. <laughs> but the first time I, I visited... Uh, John and Betty Briley, about 25 years ago. I still remember out on the farm there, uh, John was a horticulturist by trade, but in church life, John had done just about everything. He was on the board of the Queen Street Assembly of God Church, which in those days was the largest church in Australasia. Absolutely fantastic. And he was, at the, he was on the board through their greatest growth areas their greatest growth years. John and Betty, I think, were um, responsible for older call counselling and follow-up at one stage. They were responsible for so many different things. And so here's this guy who had done everything that you could do as a lay person and had huge responsibility. And I said to him, John, if you could do anything in our church, what would you do? And he said, oh, Pastor Don, he said... I just like to visit people. And I thought, wow, that is amazing because we haven't got a visitation ministry. How would you like to head up our visitation ministry? And they did. And Betty is still visiting people and still looking after uh, the older people today. And absolutely, absolutely fantastic, 25 years later. Yeah, that's, that's great. But it didn't stop there because John was a real servant and he didn't need to be asked to do something. I came into church one, one morning to see that he was out in the car park pulling weeds, uh, cutting the grass, tidying the car park. He was just a servant, just absolutely brilliant. We had another John in the church 
at that stage. Anyone remember the old Maori fella, John Few? Man, he was, a, he, oh, he was, such, he was such a lovely, lovely guy. Uh, he had a little bike and a few, few tools, and he used, used to go around to, the, to all the widows' places, and he would just do their gardening for them. He just, he just wanted to serve, to serve people. Uh, Job says, <coughs> your hands shaped me and made me. And we're all shaped, we're all made different. And so we've all got different things that we could do. <coughs> I, I love the, uh, towards the end of the Lord of the Rings, the return of the king, um, Frodo has collapsed at the foot of Mount Doom from the weight of the ring and the pressure of the whole situation. And Sam, his friend, picks him up and exclaims, come on, Mr. Frodo, I can't carry it for you, but I can carry you. And I thought, that's an amazing picture of the body of Christ. We're, we're all different but when we work together, we get the job done. Uh, when looking at our primary area of ministry, I like what Rick Warren says about this. Rick Warren says there, there are five things that shape you. And I've added a sixth. And uh, those five or six things now, are spiritual gifts, heart, abilities, personality, experiences, and seasons. And that spells shapes. And those six things make you uniquely different from anybody else in the world for the purpose of serving God. And I'm going to go into detail on these six things at one of our workshops, probably towards the end of August. Okay, so I'll give you the dates in a couple of weeks' time. But let me just summarize these for you this morning. Okay, spiritual gifts. So spiritual gifts are supernatural gifts by, given by the Holy Spirit to build up the body of Christ. They, they're gifts, so they can't be earned, but they can be developed. Every born-again believer has one or more spiritual gifts resident within them. Uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 7 says, Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Uh, 1 Peter 4, 10, Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administrating God's grace in its various forms. So probably for myself, um, my primary two spiritual gifts would be leadership and um, teaching. Okay, those would be my primary two uh, spiritual gifts. Uh, many of you may not be aware that you have a spiritual gift, but you have. God wants you to use it because it's been given to you to help you function in the body and to help build up the body of Christ. Uh, different commentators vary on the number of spiritual gifts that you read about in the Bible, but there's at least 27 of them. And the lists are found in Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, Ephesians 4, 1 Peter 4. Okay, so you can look up those and work through them. But there are there are words of wisdom, words of knowledge, discerning of spirits. Um, there is the gift of faith, gift of healing, gift of miracles. There's the gift of prophecy, gifts of tongues, interpretation of tongues. In Ephesians, there is the ministry gifts of apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. 
in Romans 12 uh, and 1 Corinthians 12 and 1 Peter 4. Uh, there are the motivational gifts, uh, gifts of prophecy, serving, teaching, encouraging, giving, leadership, showing mercy, helps, administration, tongues, hospitality. And others mentioned include intercession, <coughs> deliverance, uh, the ability to express worship through various art forms are spiritual gifts. And <coughs> there's a difference between the spiritual gifts and the natural, and I'll, I'll talk about that in a moment. But everyone has a gifting. There are differences between the gifts of the Holy Spirit and the fruit of the Holy Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit grows with maturity. The gifts of the Spirit show our serving ministry. A person can have a number of spiritual gifts but be spiritually immature. You can have the gift of a teacher but not the maturity to teach. And seriously, that's why I believe that God didn't release me into pastoral ministry uh, till I was 35 or so. I would have destroyed the church before that. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> it would not have been good. But I learned. And I matured. And I grew up in those years. Uh, just one point. Uh, most of you will not know you have a gifting through revelation knowledge. You'll recognize your gifting through doing through doing. For instance, the um, very first time I ever went to India, I had no idea whatsoever about <coughs> deliverance, healing ministries. And so I, but I was quick to learn. And I was quick to learn off our Indian hosts. <coughs> and I found that when I invited the Holy Spirit to come on people, He came. And people got delivered. And so from then I recognized, hey, God is anointing or blessing or um, reinforcing that particular ministry. And I realized that I had a gift in the healing area and the deliverance area. Um, God has made us unique. And our uniqueness is not just for our benefit. Uh, 1 Peter 4 verse 10 says, each of us should use whatever gift He's received to serve others. Uh, we aren't created just to take up space, to consume, to get a free ride through life. We're put here to serve God and serve people. Okay, So gifting. And as I said, at that workshop, I'll develop these a lot more for you. And how many people have ever done a motivational gift survey? Let me just put your hand up. A few of the older ones. Um, we'll probably do that older. <laughs> so, sorry, Anne, if you're young. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Last week she called me an old man. <laughs> all right, spiritual gifts. All right, well, we've all got some. And if you don't know what your gift are, um, search it out. The second thing in the shape is SH for heart. And this adds the dimension of passion to the mix. For example, Penny has a teaching gift. But her passion, her heart, 
is for kids. So her ministry, her passion is teaching kids. And it's really, really interesting how God has moved through her. Uh, she's been doing Bible in schools for 40-something years. And uh, a number of years ago, she really felt the Holy Spirit saying that there was a the season of light was diminishing and darkness was going to come and that the ministry in Bible in schools was going to um, close. She, she felt this about, oh, what would have been, six, seven, eight years ago or so. And, <clears throat> and so she thought, right. How am I going to teach these kids? So she retrained. And she retrained as, as a um, chaplain. And now she is a chaplain at Whangarei Primary School. And she is having an amazing impact on kids with uh, le- learning and behavioral difficulties. And she is changing their lives. Because God is using her in the area of her passion and her gifting. Okay, four Fs of self-discovery. <clears throat> when you're asking yourself, you know, what's my gifting? What, what can I do? What's my passion? Ask yourself these things. Where is your fire? What are you, what are you passionate about? Secondly, where do you find fulfillment? What gives you the greatest sense of satisfaction? Uh, three, where have you been fruitful? And I can see some of you uh, are trying to take pictures and to um, write all these things down. Hey, just email me. I'm a manuscript preacher, so I'll send you a copy of the, um, of the sermon notes if you want them, okay? So don at churchunlimited.co will get, will get them to me, and I'll just reply and send you a copy of this, okay? Where have you been fruitful? <coughs> all of us will be fruitful in a number of areas and less fruitful in others. What makes you furious? This, this, is, this is a good thing. This is a good thing. Some of you are absolutely passionate about some things. Uh, most generally, God gives you a gift to fix things that are broken. Your anger can be a great signpost to what God is calling you to do. Is it injustice that burns you up? Is it inefficiency or slackness that gets you going? Some of you walk into a person's house and you see a picture slightly crooked and you want to straighten it up because you hate seeing things out of order. All right? Generally, the things that make you mad, God has gifted you to help fix them. Not complain about them. So know your purpose, listen to your heart. Okay, so you got spiritual gifts, you got heart, abilities. This people is really, really, really important. Uh, I love music. I'm passionate about worship. I would love to be a worship leader, but I can't sing very well. Both our boys love music. Uh, youngest one, Stephen, has music going most of the time. We had both our boys taught piano. But Stephen gave up after about six months. But Pete, who started learning piano as a five-year-old, kept on going. And it turned out that he had a gift, a passion, a natural ability, and the right personality for what he does. So now he is a professional musician. And uh, God's just 
given him a slot uh, where he can use his abilities, but also his giftings on top of that. So uh, Pete, who um, personality is really important as well. Peter, who played keyboard for Hillsong United and is one of the main keyboardists at Hillsong Church in Sydney, was once offered the position of music director at Takapuna AOG Church. And at that stage, it was one of the largest Pentecostal churches in the city. Um, But there was a couple of things that weren't right about the the offer. Uh, One was the timing involved in it. But secondly, personality. Because... um, to be the music director, you'd have to be really good with people. You have to be able to lead a strong team, and I don't think Pete was gifted in that leadership. He's more a one-on-one. He'll get down and do stuff. In fact, he makes a lot of his money by creating sounds for keyboard manufacturers. Uh, and also, um, making sounds and programs uh, for church musicians, and we have some of his here, because when um, churches want to sing one of the Hillsong songs, they want to have exactly the same sound on the keyboard as was on the original album. So you can plug in one of Pete's patches, and the computer does the rest, and it generates exactly the same sound as was on the original album. So that's, that's what he does. But at that particular, in that particular role, it wasn't going to be a good fit. Even though he had some of the abilities... The, the personality and the experience probably weren't there for him. I did a wedding a number of years back. Uh, you may remember, um, oh, Jessica, Jessica Scott Peterson. It was one of the most fun-filled weddings I have ever done. I'm standing up trying to lead these people through, the, um, through their vows, and uh, Jess and I were laughing. Uh, and if, if you knew Jessica, she is just, vivacious, uh, full of life, bouncy, etc. Well, the other day, I'm watching the TV, and there she is in an ad. And it, she just bounces into the room, and I thought, oh, man, that is Jess all over. Perfect, perfect fit, using her personality and her gifts exactly as God had created it. And that's experience, you can look back and say, what experience have I got and how does that fit into what God is wanting me to do? And finally, seasons. And I've put this on the end because what we do and how we serve in the body of Christ is going to change through the years. A solo mum or any mum with four kids is not going to have the same amount of time as someone who is retired, for instance, to serve. As you get older, you gather lots and lots and lots of wisdom, but your energy levels are diminishing. So there's things that you can do and ways that you can serve when you're younger that are not the same as when you're older. So just recognize there are seasons of life. I never, ever imagined that I would end up being the senior leader of a brilliant church like this. 
I, I never imagined that I would be the senior leader of anything uh, to do with, um, with the church because, for a start, I'd have to prepare an essay every week and English was my worst subject at school. <laughs> my essays, the only essay I was successful in was one that my mother wrote me. I won the Star Boy of the Year competition on the, on the back of my mum writing an essay for me. Confession time. <laughs> and the other thing was, I wasn't very good with people. And I know, I know you all say, yeah, we know, we know. Uh, but <clears throat> the reality was that God saw something in me that was really, really, really important to him and his kingdom. And you know what that was? Availability. I was just available. When I got saved, I said, God, I'll serve you wherever you want and however you want. And so I was available. And he was able to take some really, really raw stuff. And uh, he was able to gift me in areas where I never, ever thought I would be gifted in. So steps to be released in your giftings, just desire to be used to God. I love what Bible talks about when in um, Isaiah, when he's taken up and given a vision of the heavenlies and God says to him, whom shall I send? Who's going to go for us? And Isaiah said, here am I, use me. And that's what God's looking for. He's not looking for greatly gifted people. He'll add the giftings. All he's waiting for is availability. So number one, desire to be used to God. Uh, Secondly, make yourself available to God. Uh, Be open for business every day. Thirdly, Don't underestimate God's ability to use you. If God could use a donkey, he can use any of us. In fact, if you have a look at the disciples and you have a look at most of the great men and women of God, they were greatly, greatly flawed people. In fact, if you were taking them through a job interview... You'd never give it to most of them. They were so bad. But the reality is, God sees through the natural and He knows what He can place in you. And you were created with a plan and a purpose in mind. You were created to be a blessing, you were created to be a person that God wants to bless. And make a blessing. All he's wanting is for us to be available. And then look for opportunities and start serving the body. Romans 12 verse 6 to 8, it says, We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If, if it's serving, let him serve. If it's teaching, let him teach. If it's encouraging, let him encourage. In other words, if you've got a gift, use it. Let's have musicians, please. If you've got a gift, 
Use it. Don't just sit with it. Uh, if, if it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it's leadership, let him govern diligently. If it's showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. I think one of the things that I've learned about gifting over the years is that we shouldn't compare ourselves with others. I'm not trying to be the best preacher teacher in the world. All I want to do is develop as best as I can the gifts that God's given me. I remember God dealt with me harshly a number of years ago when I was on the executive of the AOG and I was so frustrated that there was all these little churches in Auckland. And one day when I was meditating on this, having conversation with God about it, I said, how come these guys can't grow a church in Auckland over 100 people? What's wrong with them? And immediately the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, have you ever thought that they're using their gifting to 100% capacity and I haven't called them to grow anything bigger? And I thought, oh, you proud, stuck-up prick is what I call myself. (laughs) Excuse me. We can take that out of the the record there. But the reality was Jesus is very clear. He gives some people one talent. He gives some people two talents. He gives some people five talents. And if you're a five-talented person, don't look down your nose at the one talent because God's going to ask each of us what we have done with the talents and the giftings that he's given us. And if it's the one talent person who uses their talent 100%, then God's going to say, well done, good and faithful servant. If it's a five talented person and they only use their gift 50%, God's going to say, you missed the boat, mate. Don't look at others. Look at yourself and say, God, I I just want to be the best I can for you with what you have given me. Amen. So let me, let me just pray for you right now. Lord, I just sense your anointing right now on our congregation. Lord, I... I thank you for each and every one of these absolutely amazing, fantastic people. God, it's been an absolute privilege to partner with each and every one of them in growing your work here in Whangarei. And I pray that you would multiply your blessing to us and through us. God, I pray that you would pour out your Holy Spirit on each and every person that's here this morning. 
you would give us wisdom as to how we can develop those gifts that you give us so that we can hone them and so that we can be the best that we can be. Lord, above everything else, we want to be God-pleasers and not man-pleasers. want to just sense your smile and your encouragement on us as you build your kingdom in us and through us and we ask this in Jesus precious name Amen Amen You know God really is doing an amazing thing not just here on Sundays during the week in and through us and uh, I am more excited about church life right now than perhaps I have been for the last 25 years because of what God is doing and the incredibly talented people that God has brought here and uh, partner partner with what God's doing you know a, a surfer doesn't go out into the ocean and generate waves he goes out there and he he looks for and picks up and surfs the waves that are coming through, the breaks that are coming through. And it's the same in church life. Learn to see what the Holy Spirit's doing and then flow with what He's doing. And He's doing an amazing thing at the moment. And you're a part of it. Recognize that. Find your place. And see what God will do in you and what God will do through you. Amen?